Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, and I was actually reading something during the week there uh, about somebody who was talking about the situation the, and he was saying this is, this is a unique scenario because the God of this world, which is often money, uh, even entertainment, sports, has now come to a halt. Uh, and, and when that comes to a halt, it, it creates space for questions. It creates space for actually <laughs> some people to be at home, families, marriages, ha- Husband, husbands and wives actually might have to talk to one another. What about that? Might have to deal with some issues. Um, and so it actually, it's, it's very unique for the family. All of a sudden, instead of the busyness of life, some people are going to have some more time on their hands. There's going to be a, a full stop, a pause on a lot of things in society that actually gets in the way of, of maybe God's best. Can I get an Amen. And so with that in mind, uh, the church also does the best in, in, face, in the face of adversity, in the face of discomfort, when we're not comfortable. I don't know about you, but I've often found it hard to pray when I'm getting it easy, when things are, are comfortable, when I've got plenty, and, I, and I've got all that plentifulness is all for me, and I've kept it all to myself. But there's something unique and special about when, when we're, we're in a place where there's need. And to be quite honest, I believe as believers, we're always designed to be in a place of need. I believe God's best, God's blessing comes when we're in a place of need. And it mightn't just be need for us. The Bible says we rejoice together, but we also mourn together. You mightn't be in a place of need, but actually we have a friend, a family member, a daughter in the house who's in a place of need. Chelsea. And so, you know, that means if she's in need, we're in need. And if, if she needs prayer, then we're going to pray. And so that's what the beauty about the church, this beauty about the family setup that God has created is that actually we're designed to always be in need because it's not just about us. It's about team. It's about groups. It's about, it's about doing life together. And so when some, some, someone else is weak, and we're strong, then we've something to offer and stand in the gap. Can you get an amen? And so really, this is what the Blessed Life series is really all about. It's about, as you see in the background, there's a cup that's overflowing. God provides for us, not just so we can have loads for ourselves, it's so that we can bless and overflow and give the rest to others. And God has got a specific way in which he does that. He's been doing it from the start of time. In the same way that we get a seed, we first have to give the seed away. We've got to sacrifice the seed to the ground in order to bear fruit. It's just a principle of life. Uh, and so we, we actually looked about how, why is it that when Jesus came and, and we see in the scriptures, there's more verses on resource and money and finance than there is on faith, heaven, hell, and salvation. There's something unique. God knows there's something that gets in the way, as we said. The God of this world is money. What distracts us and keeps us from praying and and being in a place of need is often having stuff. Is anyone with me? I'll be honest. In those moments, that's when I, I need God the least and when I pray the least and when I'm crying out to God the least and when I'm seeing God move the least in my life. And it's not God's fault. 
It's because I'm not available. I've put somebody else on God's throne. The throne of my heart is occupied. God doesn't have a say. And that's why I can look back on my life and be, God, I thank you for the hard times. Because you spoke some things in the hard times that I could never have received in the good times. I give you a place on your rightful throne in the hard times that I often don't give you in the good times. So thank you, God, for the times where I could see clearly. Uh, And so we also talked about uh, how when we go to be generous, whether it be in church or outside of church, often what happens is on the front end as we're about to be generous, we, we experience selfishness. If you're going to give, the Bible says you give a cup of water in my name. Just a cup of water. That's the Father's heart. And, and so what happens when we go to give to someone, whether you just want to be generous in general and in everyday life, what often can happen is you experience selfishness. A tight grip, I want to hold, that's mine. One of the, the first words a kid learns, and we've all learned as kids, is what? Mine. And so on the front end, we often experience, ah, I don't want to let go. And then after we've let go and we've given something away, then we experience grief because we're devastated that you've just, it's my, I like that thing. I like that toy. I like that, whatever that, that is you give. It might be money. And you think, oh, how am I going to survive? Life's not going to be as good without it. Is, anyone, is it just me? And so we experience grief on the flip side. And, and what we, we done that experiment in church where, where uh, somebody randomly gave me a bunch of money, but actually we found out that it wasn't their money and they had no reluctancy, reluctancy, reluctancy to, 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 to. they weren't reluctant to give. Why? Because the money wasn't theirs. I had given it to them before the service. And so that gave us the solution to generosity and, the, and removing the, the experience of grief and, and selfishness is understanding that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Once you get that revelation, I'm not giving to God, I'm bringing what's God's back to Him. You can't give what is not yours. In the same way, some of you parents might give your children an iPad and they're maybe saying, hey, where's my iPad? Daddy, mommy, and you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> I know who bought the iPad in the Apple store. It was not you, child. <laughs> this is my iPad. Bring me back my iPad. It's, you can't give me back what is not yours. And so that's how we get rid of and we become cheerful, unreluctant givers, generous in every, we start to open our hand when we realize that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The gifts that you have, are not yours. They have been given to you for a season on earth, but the Lord give you the heartbeat that you have. He gave you the air that you're breathing. Can I get an amen? And so when you get that revelation, all of a sudden, hey, I'm just happy to be a part of what God is doing on the earth. God, thank you that I, I get the gifts that you have given me, I get to give back to bless humanity so they can see the light in the darkness. They can see hope when it seems hopeless. Thank you, God, that I get to play a part with what you've given me. That's a revelation, and that will flip things upside down. Selfishness will begin to leave. Grief will begin to go. In Jesus' name.
It's nearly as if God knew what he's talking about when it comes to freedom. And so one of the core scriptures of this whole series is Luke 11 and 28. It says, Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who, he- all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. And so you can come to church all day long, but it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you a follower of Christ. It doesn't make you blessed by God because you're in church. You can go into a car showroom all you like. It doesn't make you a car with four wheels. <laughs> okay, you, you, you realize that, yeah? Only because you're in a showroom doesn't, car showroom doesn't make you a car. The same way only because you're in church doesn't make you a Christ follower. And, and only because you read the Bible doesn't make you obedient. That's hard. And so maybe it's time, and I'm speaking to myself as much as I am to you, maybe it's time I need to start questioning, hey God, what? okay, I've read the Bible, I've read the scriptures, I've prayed, maybe it's time I need to start questioning, God, what do you want me to do today? What is it specifically for this moment and this time in this era, for such a time as this, what is it you want me to do? That's a dangerous prayer and might make you feel a little anxious at the start. Because it could be anything. But listen, this is what I've had to learn, is that if God tells you something, he's not trying to hurt you, to harm you. He's trying to set you up for healing. He's trying to set you up for impact. He's trying to set you up for heaven coming to earth. Can I get an amen in? Amen. We then went ahead and learned about mammon. Mammon is not money. It's a spirit. Jesus talked about mammon four times. He wasn't talking about money, even though he talked about money as the root of all evil, but he was talking about the spirit attached to that. We're either we're led by our own ideas or we're led by God's ideas. There's a spirit, we're, we're born to be spirit-led. We can be led by the spirit of man, like the people at the Tower of Babel, or we can, we can be led by the spirit of God, who's the founder and the creator of the heavens and the earth. He knows the start to the end. He was the alpha and the omega. And so you can trust in your limited knowledge, your limited sight, or you can trust in an all-knowing, all-powerful God. It's your choice. And so the message this morning is called First Things First. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you are first place, and that's the only place that you have. And God, we just thank you that when we put you first, God, the spirit that we carry, you bless the rest. You change our sight. You change our filter and what we see. God, we thank you that when we put you first, everything else falls into place. We thank you that we can trust you. God, speak to us now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. See, we're not talking about this series uh, to get something from you. It's about get, getting something for you. These principles that we're talking about are all throughout the scriptures. It's not like God is broke. It's not like God just wants us to bless him for his benefit necessarily. God God is looking the best for his children. He wants to save people so they can save others. He He came to set us free through the person of Jesus. It's not like God is in need of us, but he wants to be in relationship with us. And so... um, See, God built and created this. This is his doing. He knows what he's doing. So this morning we're going to talk about, we talk about this so often in church about giving and 
and, and, and financially given. I think it's so, so important that we actually explain that. In this area, in this topic, there's a lot of inaccuracies. There's a lot of abuse in some ways. There's a lot of heresy. And I think it's so important that we see this from a scriptural point of view. And we hear the, the word tithing within, the, within churches. We've heard it from a distance. We've probably been critical. I know, I, I know at the start for me, I was critical. Like, what, what's going on here? I think it's important that, listen, there will be no pressure. It's not going to get weird. Okay, so everyone relax. There's no force. You don't have to do anything. But, but let's just, let me just lay it out, and let's see what we think. See what the Bible says, and, and, and let's see how God has worked, and let's even hear testimony of someone who has actually tested God in this area and see, is, is God in this? Is there something that maybe we're missing out of or something that we can apply and so, number one, I want to talk about tithing. What, what on earth is tithing? Tithing is 10%. The word tithe in the Bible means tenth, 10%. Okay? It says in Leviticus 27 and 20, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord, is holy to the Lord. So, so again, why is this even in the Bible? Why is it, listen, man did not create this principle. God did. So we've got to, we're missing out on something if we don't pay attention. Then we go on to Genesis 28 and 22. It says, and this, this is Jacob speaking, and this stone I have set up a pillar, I set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So here's Jacob saying the same stuff in the Old Testament Everything that I get, I will give you tenth. So, so this is something that's, that's, that's being repeated time and time again. See, but biblical tithing isn't giving 10% to church. It's giving 10% to God through your local church. As you see, Jacob, the house of God, he was instilling and installing the house of God. Um, so why, why did God, God created this principle, God created this method, this flow. Why did he choose ten? And why was it a percentage? I remember I was in a gym in the States when I was studying. And it was a YMCA gym. And it was a class gym. All this beautiful equipment. Lovely, uh, lovely changing rooms. And I, I was like, it was, I don't know why we were even told to go here. But when we went and we were applying for the gym, they said, hey, we want to know kind of your, your income. And we want to know kind of uh, where you're at financially, what bracket. And, and I was wondering why I'd never been at a gym like this, but the reason they were doing that was because they wanted everyone to have access to the gym. But they wanted to make it fair. Everyone's uh, monthly cost was different depending on their income. So it meant the person getting $100 a week there, it was in America, could go to the same gym as someone who's getting 10000 And I was like, that's interesting. Because it was a Christian, they had a Christian ethos. And really, that's the same principle as tithing. It's, it's to make it fair, I believe. That, that if God is all about the heart and not about the amount, then percentage makes sense that if somebody's getting 10 pound a week, they give a pound to contribute to the, the house of God. And if somebody's making 10,000, they give a thousand. So everyone's giving the same amount, whether they have more income or not. Does that make sense? And so I believe that the reason God has set that up is for fairness. 
And so the heart is the same. It's the same equal value to each person. So that's what the principle of tithing teaches us about putting God's first. And so what we really believe is, and I believe what God is saying is, if you can get the first step right, I can bless the rest. So an example, we've been, I've, been, I've told you this before with prayer. Um, we, we've been coming in in the mornings and kind of praying for the first hour from, from 7 to 8 in the morning uh, a few times a week. And I've absolutely noticed that when I give God my first hour of the week, I actually work more efficiently. My attitude is better. I have more grace for people. My mind is more focused in my work. I, I'm more aware of maybe what God might be doing in different scenarios, in different situations, in my workplace, in, at the home, in my relationships. Why? Because I give God the first part of my day. And it filtered the rest of the day. And it affected me and made me better and more blessed. The rest, I had a better attitude. I felt better. I was more peace, more joy, better to be around. Why? First place. First portion of my day was given to God. It's exactly the same principle with, with tithing. And, and so the question is, are you, are you giving God the first in your prayer life, in, in your thought life? Does he get the first? I guarantee you, if you give God the first, it'll, it'll bless the rest. And this is what we also said, maybe, maybe you could start with just 10 minutes or five minutes. Start somewhere, not just a one-off. Start with something that you can do regularly. Start with one minute, just a verse a day, and see what might happen. The same applies to giving financially. The same applies to relational equity that you have with other people. The same applies to your family. How are you starting the day with your family? Are your relationships, your close relationships, are you, put, are you giving them space to grow? The same applies. Number two, tithing is a test. You see, you see, yet again, it's not about money, it's about the spirit. It's about spirit, it's about trust, it's about what do you put your faith in. Some of us are putting our faith in the mortgage company because they get our tithe. As I said, some of us put our faith in a sports team, but that's all stopped now. So they're getting your tithe, maybe. And so the question is, is that doing your life good? Is it bringing joy, peace? Is it giving you answers to eternal, your eternal well-being by investing in those things? Or maybe it's in the stock markets. Is that causing you more stress or less stress? Is that something that can be trusted? Is it even a person or is it just a robot? You putting your trust in Facebook? You got a question, where am I putting my best, my first step, where is it going? Because that will determine how the rest looks. It's getting quiet in here. And so let's go to Malachi 3 and 6 to 12. So watch this. It says, if... I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away. Watch this. You have turned away. Their hearts have turned away from my decrees, and you're not obedient anymore. You're not doing. I can't use you. I can't bless you. You've put a blockage because you've started to do things your own way. Mine. 
and not kept them, return to me, and I will return to you. Give me space to move, and I will move. God is saying, I am willing, but there's no space, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? I don't understand. What does it look like practically? Will a mere mortal rob God? That's strong language. Yet you rob me, is the Lord speaking. But you ask, how are we robbing you? It says here, this is, this is the Bible. I'm not making this up. This is the scriptures that have been written, tested for thousands of years. It says, in tithes and offerings. So here we have it. Jesus has spoke, and God has spoken in the scriptures more about money. The love of money is the root of all evil. That's foundational. And here we have, yet again, it's the singing off the same hymn sheet. The problem is something to do with resource. It's something to do with, with what's in our hand. It's something to do with the attitude of mind holding on to your life. The Bible says if you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you release it, you will find it. And then we see about if you pray in the morning and you give God the first of your day, all of a sudden, the rest seems to get better. Your, your thoughts are clear. When you're walking in faith, the rest is blessed. There's something important here. So in your tithes and offerings, you're under a curse. Whoa. Your whole nation, because you are robbing me. It says, bring. Everyone say, bring. Oh, that's weak. Everyone say, bring. The whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So it's talking about provision. Test me in this. Test me. And this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. So he's saying, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking at you to test me so I can rob from you or not provide for you. He's saying, if you test me, I will show you. But not until you test me and give me a chance to sit where I should be sitting. And there, will, there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And if I see, if I... And see, if I will not throw up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that will not, there will not be room enough to store it, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be, delight, be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You see, right now we're in a time where it seems like a plague is coming upon the earth in some ways, a pestilence. And here we have a situation which isn't far off where there's, where there's trouble in the land, there's fear, there's a fear of provision, there's no toilet roll left in the shops. And the answer is God is going straight for the heart, straight to where it nearly hurts us straight to something which we want to hold on to. Listen, as a church, we're not broke. <laughs> I'm not saying this because we need anything. This is for you, not for us. And we're, I'm going to show you just a little bit more, a few testimonies of, of people who have actually tested this. And God saying, I will bless you, even in a time of trouble, even in a time where people 
or have, have lack, even at a time where there's worry and there's tons of fear. It's interesting, I hadn't planned, obviously, this to, to be, I'd planned this series, but I hadn't planned for it to come on this week. But I'm just going to go with it because I believe that God knew the start from the finish. I, I believe God knew the timing of this. And the Bible says, where your treasure is, your heart follows. So this is all across the scripture, and this is the thing we don't want to hear. <laughs> Let's be honest. This is one of those, those messages that makes us feel a bit weird, a bit unsure, a bit like, nah, no. I want to hold tight. But there's also something, it's getting straight to the point. Actually, it's funny, when we were adjusting the microphone uh, at the EQ, the, the lows, mediums, and, and high frequency, it's just funny, when we go to, to find the problem with the frequencies where there's maybe a ringing or it's an awful sound in our ears, you know what we have to do? We have to turn it up to the point where it hurts the most so that we can find across the frequencies where, where it has the worst noise, where it hurts the most, and then we pinpoint it and bring it down. And oftentimes, conviction Feels like that. It hurts a little bit because it's true. When someone, have you ever had a one-to-one -one conversation with someone and you know you have to be honest and it's going to hurt a little bit, but if you can discipline yourself now and have the hard conversation, you can pay now with, you can pay now with discipline or you can pay later with regret, but either way you pay. I believe this is the heart of the scripture when we can deal with the heart, the human heart, which is selfish, the human heart, which, which uh, gets grief in, in, in trying to do things God's way at times, sometimes we have to face those things in order for freedom to come. Some of us, like we said, so there's going to be some relationships that they're spending more time at home and it might get worse before it gets better. Has anyone experienced that before? You've been ignoring it, you've been busy, you've been just doing life and you know there's stuff in the background that needs talked about, but you keep ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it and you've got to deal with a heart issue. Until, until you deal with the heart issue, it's not getting better. And you keep running. It's just like this. We're hitting the heart. It might hurt for a little bit, but freedom is at the other side. Blessing is at the other side. God's best is at the other side. Yeah? So tithing is a test. I believe God can do more with your 90% than you can do with 100. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying when you put God first in, in your prayer, in your daily devotion, in, in your relationships, in, in your church life. That's what you're saying when you're bringing God into a hard situation and you're praying first before you do anything else. Prayer is not a last resort, it's a first response. That's what you're saying. You're bringing faith in God into the mix. So this is what we've got to be careful with right now, is that... that we don't feel condemned. Some, some, some of us might feel, oh, no, have I messed up here? <laughs> oh, why am I struggling with this? Should I be struggling with this? What is the deal? Listen, the Bible is clear, and it says there's no condemnation in Christ. So if you're feeling condemnation, set it to the side. It's not God. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction is positive. It's about bringing freedom. It's about bringing provision. It's about bringing God's best Condemnation is about pushing you away from God. It brings shame and guilt. Jesus dealt with that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so hear the heart of this. This is not about guilting people or shaming people into action. This 
This is about God's best. This is about faith. You cannot do this without faith. Impossible. Impossible to do this. So it says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 7, it says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in, in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. So you've done everything else good. Maybe you're there right now. You've done everything else. You're doing it so well. But, but the question is, well, what if you could even go a step further? And release that part of you. Probably the last part of you is often this area of generosity. The first part to go is generosity with your resource. The last, uh, the last place to surrender is this also. Um, and so maybe some of your, your next step is just to give something. Just to give something. Maybe you're given something. A next step is to give regularly a rhythm of generosity. I don't know, but you, I remember I used to be maybe generous in just one-off spurts. So I might just have a high-intensity spurt and give massively at one go and then not give for a few years. The problem is that's not a lifestyle of generosity. That's just a one-off. Apply that same principle to the gym. If you're like me, sometimes I'm kind of struggling with rhythm in the gym. Struggling a little bit. And, And the problem with that is I'll go in and knock out the bench press and try to get back to where I was overnight and come away wrecked and, and just destroyed and, and feel so bad after it. I nearly feel sick. Because I don't have a rhythm in my gym life. Instead of slow and steady, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get six months into one night. And it, it's not effective. And it puts me off going back for another six months. And that's the rhythm I'm in right now, probably. Um, so I'm trying to break that. Um, and so that's why it's a lifestyle. Generosity is a lifestyle. It's not a one-off. Um, and so maybe you're giving regularly, but, but it's time to now give proportional, proportionally. That percentage, maybe you need to start at 1%. Consistency. I've realized in life, I was probably one of those people who I'm naturally kind of a little bit all over the show. Yeah, Anna? <laughs> kind of go, emo- go with my emotions, you know? And... Uh, and so I need some order in my life. <laughs> and so I've started to realize if I want to see long-term results, it's going to be slow and steady. It's going to be, like we said, church, just keep showing up. Whether you feel high or you feel low, keep showing up. If you, in your Bible reading, in your prayer life, just keep, the principle is show up. Then maybe you can take a step up to, hey, let's read a verse a day. Then step up to maybe two chapters. It's the same with giving. The the principle applies to all areas of your life. Maybe you just encourage one person a day. Try encouraging two people a day. And and keep growing in all of the areas of our life. And the beautiful thing is God has said, I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not not here to try and take all of your possessions and and make you broke. I'm actually here to try and do a miracle in your life. God's supernatural capacity is released when we put him first. It's true. I'm telling you it's true. And maybe it's time to, to, this is what's happened to me personally. And so I've done all those steps in my giving, started giving 10%. Probably since I got that revelation around 10 or around 17, 18 years old. And then it got to the stage when I was about 25, 26, God put it in my heart to give exponentially. 
And I'll maybe share that story next week. I end up getting a house, which I shouldn't have got, which has serious equity on it right now. And uh, you know, the interesting thing is now, I have to now ask, I don't have to, but I'm going to ask God the same question. Hey, now I've got all this equity. Can I keep it? But I know I'm not going to be able to keep it because I know the Holy Spirit's going to convict me and I've already sensed, and it's ridiculous the amount, but I'm going to be obedient. Why? Because I want to see miracles. I want to see God do great things. I'm here. Life is but a vapor. I want to keep my heart pure. I want to keep my heart in faith. I want to keep my heart open, my hand open, my grip open. So God has blessed me, not just for me to be blessed, to bless others. And I believe I will be attached to the local church, and I believe God has put a certain amount on my heart, and you would think I'm nuts, but that's okay, because I'm I'm going to keep a healthy heart. Um, And I believe that's the next step as you grow in your generosity, as you keep an open hand, God will do miracles in your life like he's done with mine, as I've given way over and above, way over and above the tithe. Uh, God opened all kinds of crazy doors. I'll talk about that next week. Um, and so la- lastly, as the, as the keys come up, um, sorry, Kate, I should have prepared you for that. <laughs> Tithing is putting God first. God wants to be first. He, he just can't be second. We talked last week about how if you go out of here and take a left or a right, the first decision you make coming out of this church will de- define your direction will define who's boss, will define the journey of blessing or, or, or the journey of, of your own will. If, if you take a left, you go to Portadown. If you take a right, you go to Guildford. If Guildford is God's best, obviously it is. <laughs> then you will get to your destination, God's best, His purpose. His goodness and the journey will be filled with peace, love and joy and gentleness and there'll be no rush and you'll be trusting in God the whole way and there'll be no panic. But if you go your own way, well, the weight's on you to figure everything out. The weight's and the worry is on you to figure your life and, and, and your solutions out because you took it upon yourself. God's looking to bring freedom. So it says in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You'll get the life that you want, but just God's way. It says in Exodus 23 and 19, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God, in Exodus 23. Proverbs 2, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over the new wine. And so if I have 10 pounds in my hand, 10 coins, the question is, which is the tithe? Is it just one of the coins? No. Well, which coin is it? It's the first coin to leave your hand. So if the mortgage company gets the first coin, your tithe is to the mortgage company. But if you give your first to God, you're saying, God, I'm inviting your Holy Spirit to bless the rest. I'm putting my trust in you above everything else upon this earth, upon the temptations of my flesh, I'm putting you first. If I had 10 graze bars in my hand, 
And that's what I was paid for the week. <laughs> Come on, who loves a graze bar? <laughs> no one's ever nicked them and brought them home, right? Which, which is the tithe of, of the 10 graze bars. It's the first one that leaves your hand. And I just love that, you know, this isn't just theory, it's actually reality. And I'd like to, to actually invite, no? Give me your phone, then I'll read it. I'm going to give her the afternoon to practice. So Anna has written this, and, and I'll just read it out. I grew up in a church where tithing wasn't a thing. Nobody spoke about it. My family was giving one to two pound a week. I knew we couldn't afford much, so I thought it was normal. Few times when I was given the one pound for the buckets, it would never make it to church. <laughs> I spent it on ice cream or sweets. So when I was a young adult, I never gave my personal money because I thought I was rebelling against the church institution and didn't want them to rob me of my money. So when I first heard that other churches preached about tithing, I thought they were forcing people to give away 10% of their income to be allowed as a church member. I didn't understand the why. I was shocked. Everything changed when I decided to give my life to Jesus. I soon found out when reading the Word that tithing was a biblical thing. Nearly in every scripture I read back, then I read about giving our first fruits to God. And because I wanted to live my life to the full as God promises, I decided to put him first in all areas of my life, including finance. I started tithing shortly after I joined Ariat, but more from obedience to God, God's word rather than from my heart. It didn't feel nice to make a three-digit money transfer to the church, a money that I could have spent on clothes and I probably would have, I would if I didn't give it away. It took me a few months to understand the why behind the what. I started to witness people's lives literally being changed, transformed. I felt proud I could be a part of something great, something that gives life to people that were miserable and lost before. I'm so proud that my tithing makes a difference in people's lives. I'm so proud that my blessing can bless others. I am proud that my small contribution can have such an impact. But God also blesses me as he promised. Since I started tithing, my finances better than ever. First year after making this decision, God gave me exactly what I let go of. I got 10% pay raise at work. Second year after that, I got another great pay raise at work, something that doesn't happen in my workplace. Two years in a row, I was blown away. I understood that my money was never mine. It was always God's. And by letting go of it, I was blessed beyond I could ever imagine. I'm not afraid of tithing anymore. I am not afraid of tithe, not tithing and missing on what else God has for me and our church. Come on, put our hands together for Anna. I think, I think when you hear stories, it becomes a little bit more real. It gives you a little bit more comfort. That God's not trying to steal. We're not trying to steal. It's about heart, and there's something about God in the supernatural ways in which he works. When we put our faith in him, something shifts, and we then, you can't have a testimony 
without a test. And, and that, that, that was part of my heart is I, I always dreamt of testimonies. I want to live a life of testimonies of God's faithfulness, but I can't get a testimony until I actually test God and trust Him and put my faith in Him. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.